Now we're in Mullia tomorrow, so we are looking forward to it. So let's have a quick chat with Oliver uh, today. Oliver, morning to you. Well wrapped Thank up. You. Are you ready for the skiing I am wrapped Olympics? up. I was kind of getting a few sniffles from last night. I was up in Dangan at the Sigerson Cup. Now, it was a lovely evening. Beautiful evening. I doubted it would be when we were here looking out the window at one o'clock yesterday, thinking this is going yeah. to be a disaster. But it cleared up and the pitch was in good shape. There was hardly a puff of breeze, so it was the cam after the storm. And for University of Galway, unfortunately, it didn't work out. We had live online commentary. There was huge interest in the game. And it was all going very well up to the three-quarter mark. And then UCD brought on a couple of big guns. The fact that it was in Dangan, I thought, would give the Galway lads a big yeah. advantage. But it didn't work out that way. Good crowd and there. Good crowd. Yeah. Oh, good. And the guards were there to direct the traffic out because there was war the previous match where some people parked up down by the hockey pitch took an hour Couldn't to get out, out uh, there onto the Bushy yeah, Park Road. Yeah, yeah. So, in fairness, there was only, I think there was three lads there. They had them out in jig time. I'd That's say good. five minutes cleared the entire place. But 114 to 16 it finished. UCD scored the last 1-5 without replying the last 15 minutes. So, unfortunately, it petered out. But, you know, in fairness to UCD, they were the better team. John Divley, the Galway selector, he's... The manager of UCD, so they'll march on to the semi-finals against UL. Wow. Uh, Limerick have a couple of Galway lads on their team, so that's the last Galway involvement in terms of the, the potential of winning a Sigerson Cup medal. Connor Flaherty from Clare Galway's in goals, and Jack McCabe from Corrafin was at full forward for UL, who got through their match. So um, that's the Sigerson Fitzgibbon heavy defeat for ATU Galway. They were knocked out by TUS Midwest, who are a Limerick college. Five, 5.24. That'd be Limerick IT and old money, wouldn't it? To yeah, US, it would be, yeah. Uh, 5.24 to 3.13. Big, high scoring match. Big match. Uh, a lot high of scores, scoring. but unfortunately, for ATU Galway, they're out. So it's all down to University of Galway and their Fitzgibbon Cup quarterfinal next Thursday. Good stuff. See the presentation, Colin Jathan Ryder in action today. Yes, they are. They're uh, bidding for All-Ireland final appearance in their Camogie game. That's at 2 o'clock in Crockwell, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Clash Cullum. From, Two o'clock in Cork, from Cork. Yeah. so we'll keep you posted through the afternoon on how that game is going. Now, soccer-wise, Liverpool had a good night last night. They hammered Chelsea four-one, and Liverpool are looking really good. Now I know they have a couple of tough games coming up, but if mm. they can keep their noses ahead of Man City, there could be a proper run-in. Now maybe they're getting a big bounce from Klopp announcing he was leaving, mm. but even allowing for that, they're getting their mojo back, and they look like they could stay the distance with Man City. I'm not so convinced about Spurs and Arsenal, uh, but Spurs won last night. They came from behind to beat Brentford 3-2, but Spurs are just so entertaining and so open. Anything could happen on any mm. given day. Uh, the Gunners hanging in there as well, but I'm not convinced about Arsenal being there when it comes to the crunch. City won last night, 3-1 at home to Burnley. That was routine for them. And they've got a couple of handy enough fixtures coming up, mm. City as well. So I think they'll keep on winning, and Liverpool have to keep on winning if they're going to stay in front, clearly, mm. for the... Premier League title race which let's face it is still just past the halfway mark so let's not get too excited too early as well we will get excited good nearly for the Dunmore Community School girls wonderful their, their soccer team are in action today as well uh, they're playing Kula which is from Sligo and mm. uh, that, that's on at Boyle at one o'clock in the Ireland Junior wow. girls sim if you, uh, sorry that's a Connacht match isn't it Keith in the junior soccer live commentary on Galway uh, BFM I take that's it. a Connacht Cup final uh, for the junior girls so um, well we'll definitely have live updates whatever about live commentary we'll keep you posted on how that game is going as well we'll keep an eye out on it as well can we can we have a quick look um, and good luck to them and uh, can we have a quick look at uh, the weekend there if you don't mind yes we can because Galway are out on the treble the Galway ladies go to Armagh the quadruple I better mention the intermediate camogie girls they've got a home match in Kinvara against Cork 
That's on Saturday. The Galway ladies go to Armagh on Sunday. The Galway hurlers start their National League campaign against Westmeath. That's on Saturday in Pierce Stadium at 2 o'clock. And the footballers, uh, they have to go to Roscommon to Hyde Park at 2 o'clock on Sunday. And that's suddenly become a far bigger game on the back of that defeat mm. to Mayo in that if they lose to Roscommon, they'll really be on the back foot as regards trying to stay in Division 1. So we'll have team news tomorrow night from uh, most of those camps, but it's a busy weekend of Gaelic games for those four teams. Mm. And come here to me, golf-wise, how are things going? Yeah, we're keeping an eye on Ronan Malarney, who's playing down in uh, South Africa in the Challenge Tour, which is the second mm. tier of golf. So the DP World Tour, where the McElroys of this world operate, even though he's played a lot of his golf in America, but when he does come back... The big money is on the DP World Tour. But the Challenge Tour is decent as well. Mm. So Ronan has earned his place in the Challenge Tour on the back of winning the Order of Merit on the third tier Alps Tour. So he had a couple of wins there. Anyway, he's going well. And the bottom line is it's uh, he's four under par with three holes to play. The leader is on eight under par. That's Wilco Ninaber from South Africa who's one of the longest hitters in the world. He t- I think he had the longest drive on the European Tour last year, mm. 439 yards, which is a fair spin now. I mean, that's that's here up to the Menlo Park Hotel. Would it be? You know, Would, so wow. the length he drove the ball, you'd be about 18 minutes in a car trying to get there, <laughs> thanks to that junction. He'd yeah. take it out over the whole lot with one foul. It's probably... Yeah, yeah it would yeah, be about that, yeah. Well, from here over to the Menlo Park. About 400 yards, would it? How would you be with a? I'm not. I'm not good at like that. A, you, you were never a sniper in your in your no, old was, in your old career. I was, yeah. The, um, the so keep an eye on Ronan. He'll be, he'll be finished in the next half an hour. Is, is, he, make, is he making a few bob? Is he? Well, he will if he's around for the weekend and makes the cut. That's where you can start making money in the Challenge Tour. Yeah. Now it's not as big money. You know what I mean? So no, you win so. an event there, it might be fifty grand, whereas on the European Tour, it'd be half a million. But mm. at the same time, there's decent money there if you can sustain it. I think their races to Mallorca. Whereas the European tour is the race to Dubai. That's the difference. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, right? It's like you'd be racing to Lanzarote and I'd be racing to Faro. You know, that's that's what it's all about. It's, it's all your but fault. I've got my throat now. So you're, right, you're getting yeah. a bit emotional there, I can tell. Yeah, well, Go on, what else have we got? Uh, what else have we got? Oh yeah, we've got an interview with Ron Nogara. Our own William Davies caught up with Raj. Did you see the Guinness ad? Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. With Ronan O'Gara. Yeah. And what looked like at the start is, so he's talking in French and in English, mm. you know. Um, it's it's brilliant. Mm. I have to say, it's very clever from Guinness. But Raj is a great character. So I got the sense when I looked at this, oh, here's a bit of, I thought this was the Netflix Six Nations thing. I thought for some reason this oh. was Ronan O'Gara talking to the, to the lads in La Rochelle in the dressing room. And then you get the free, <laughs> then you realise it's a pub and the guys yeah, turn around. It's and very uh, well there's even a little Goodfellas uh, moment as well, you know. Do you think I'm funny? Mm, yeah. uh, very, very, very clever, actually, Ed. Yeah, well, yeah. anyway, we've got our own interview with Ronan O'Gara and William Davies looking forward to the Six Nations. Uh, have a listen to that on GoWebFM.ie. It'll be available from 12. All right, I'm going to download it. And listen, thanks, Al, for joining us uh, today. We'll miss you tomorrow. We're in Molya, so we'll miss you all together tomorrow. But we'll see you on Monday morning, so we will. Uh, Oliver, thank you for joining us uh, today. Now, let's give you weather. Has it changed? And now, a very good morning to you. Welcome on into today's programme. Let's go to John, because John went off up to celebrate St. Bridget's Day. He went off up to Clodagh Doyle, who's the keeper of the Irish Folklife Collection at the National Museum in Turlock in Castlebar, all to do with St. Bridget. I'm delighted to say I'm joined here by Clodagh Doyle, the keeper of the Irish Folklife Collection here at the National Museum 
in Turla in Castlebar. Claude, thank you for joining us on Galway Talks. Talk to us a little bit about the cultural significance of St. Bridget's Day. You have to show me a lot of the crosses and tradition and crafts associated with it. But just bring me back and talk me through some of the, the big cultural significance of the originally pagan and then later Christian festival. Yeah, so I suppose what we have is Bridget is a marriage of two people. So she's the saint and she's a marriage and she's also the merging of the saint with a goddess and the goddess of fertility and spring would have been um, Bridget and she would have been part of the two heads of Danon. So pre-Christian Ireland had a lot of our fantastic deities, um, the Morrigans and all these other um, gods and goddesses. Um, but Bridget would have been one of them. She was associated with fertility and new life and that new life is kind of transforms into spring. But then the holy woman, St. Bridget, is um, associated with the holy woman in, in County Kildare and County Louth and all these... Um, you know, associations with her and bring Christianity and she becomes our patron, female patron saint of Ireland. But like her and uh, like her, like Patrick and Columba, the other two, um, she was never canonised. So she's, she's like, she's never, because she was born pre-1000, the saints weren't really officially made saints. So, um, but yeah, she's still definitely our saint, like St. Patrick and Columba. So, um, and she is associated, she takes on some of the traditions. Her feast day happens to be her first of February, the first day of spring. And you often see depictions of Bridget and she might be holding a newborn lamb and that's because it's new life the lambing at time of the year and very much she's um she's kind of she's that start of spring and that's when we have the tradition of honoring this saint um and usually it's not the first of february it's always the night before and the cross of course is very much associated with St. Bridget but there isn't one exact type of cross a lot of us will think of the staggered cross but there's lots of different versions of it yeah there's, we have about 330 something crosses in National Museum's collection mainly collected in the 40s, 50s and 60s And um, but you know it's really that there's so many styles but I think a lot of people think the true style is the four-armed cross that but actually that's because we associate that with RTE and taking that as the symbol for the new national television station. And we kind of, we often think that's the only cross, but a lot of our crosses would have more crosses in the country were made with diamond shapes. And you could use straw or you could use rushes or whatever material you used, it didn't matter. It could be a simple two two small plats of straw um, it could be straw rope it could be anything or or the woven rushes but um, it didn't matter what you used and we, you saw we have some with goose quills and some with incorporating potatoes and crops and different things you want her to bless but um, whatever it was it was blessed with holy water and then you made your cross and you would have made one for the barn and the stables and everywhere you wanted her protection and so the night before her feast day there was a belief she travelled through the country and she blessed all the homes and farms that were honouring her by having crosses so and there's some great traditions as well so the the girdle is uh, is a belt so there's um very strong tradition of this in Connemara and in the Gaeltacht there is so it would be um, it was this sort of rope 
associated with St. Bridget, a rope, a, a belt made out of rope, but that, um, so a bit like a hula hoop, I suppose, that you might put around your waist, but um, it would have three crosses of straw rope as well on it, or maybe more, and and then it was St. Bridget's girdle, it was called, or St. Bridget's belt, and it would have been, or Chris Vrija, um, so it would have actually been something that people, the biddy boys, might have brought from house to house, and they would want people in the house would like to say a prayer to Bridget and step through the girdle or the belt and put it over their heads and step out of it. That idea of often in folk tradition is going through a, a space or a portal and you come out transformed but while you're saying the protect the prayer to Bridget, you're looking for protection from illness for the coming year. So that's the that's one of the things the Biddy Boys might have came with. And the Biddy Boys, they looked very much like the Wren boys that people would know. Yeah, and the straw boys at weddings, very much so. A lot of the time they might have, you know, they just dress themselves up and look kind of, um, you know, kind of funny. And But the, the difference with the Biddy boys at that time of the year is that they're actually, they often brought a, a little doll effigy of Bridget. So they sometimes down in Kerry, we'd have huge versions of this doll. A lot of the time, the doll generally has some straw in it and often dressed as a bride. And the Irish word for bride is breathe oak. So it's the, she's often dressed in a veil and they'd often say, they'd carry this effigy from house to house and they'd say, this is Bridget dressed in white, give her a penny for this dark night. She is deaf, she is dumb, for God's sake, give her some. Basically, they'd be collecting money and and food and drink for a party, you know. So the Biddy Boys were often quite old, like they were men, you know. But sometimes it was the kids as well, a bit like the way the, the Wren tradition is transferred onto children a lot of the time now, you know. And there's a great uh, tradition as well of knocking on the door someone called Bridget or one of the eldest daughters. Yeah, I suppose there's a whole way to make the crosses and a lot of the time, you know, there was a tradition of welcoming Bridget into your home and maybe the eldest daughter or someone named Bridget might go out and bring in the straw or the sheaves of corn or whatever you're going to use, rushes or reeds and different things, whatever you're going to use to make the the crosses and um, she would knock on the door three times and the family would get down on their knees and she would ask them are they ready to welcome Bridget into their home usually a scale and a, a prayer and they'd say prayers in honour of Bridget and then once she was satisfied she'd come in and um, maybe the, fa- the father of the house or the man of the house might take holy water and sprinkle That's the that was where the crosses were made holy nowadays I think we bring our, a lot of our crosses to the, the to get blessed at the church but originally it was just holy water on top of the the material for making the crosses. And there's other bits of rope as well that was associated with St. Bridget's Day as well. Yeah, um, there's uh, like besides the straw rope, we we talked about the girdle and that was that sort of belt. Um, I think there's, yeah, it's just that people had the meal as well though. That was a really important time um, to have because there isn't a saint's feast day that isn't associated with a feast so the thing is as we know now a lot of these feasts were the 31st or the evening before because there was great belief in superstition and you weren't quite in one season and not quite in the other and you're in this liminal time and you know it's like um it's where you it's a little more magical and 
that's when magic can happen and blessings and protection and all these things can happen. So the 31st of January is when there was a meal made in honour of St. Bridget. Generally that was potatoes and you would want her to bless the crop that you haven't even sown yet and you might have potatoes and pound them and people would often take turns at pound the potatoes. It was quite often people took turns at things in traditional folklore because it meant there was more luck associated with something so you might take a dash of a churn or different things like that but anyway pounding the potatoes and then sitting down having the meal in honour of Bridget Finally there's a lot of Galway items in your collection there for St Bridget's Day I saw Clahatore and Killing a Demon Connemara, different places. There's a big Galway selection. Oh, sure. We have things from every part of the country in our collection, but I find that, you know, a lot of our collection is where tradition lasted longest and on the west coast of Ireland it lasted longer and you would probably find that objects associated with Donegal, Mayo, Galway, Roscommon, um, places where didn't, that didn't change as, as, as abruptly or that mechanisation, industrialisation doesn't really come to the rural the rural west, you know. But um, yeah, so I suppose we have a huge amount of objects from from Galway in our collection and actually with Kirk's, we have everything on display here, you know. So it's not just the St. Bridget's time, you know. Absolutely. If you want to come down here, you're based just at Thurla Castle Bar and people can get more details on your website, etc. Yeah, so it's um, National Museum of Ireland Country Life and that's where we have an exhibition building that is has a lot of the Irish folklore collection, folk life collection on display and um, folk life is the objects associated with our cultural heritage and um, and folklore then is the collected folklore that was the customs and um, traditions and rhymes and the oral, the oral traditions so, so yeah, so we have the objects here. Brilliant, well thank you for joining us on Goa Talks. Thanks a million John and you're welcome anytime. Hello and you're welcome to Ars Protector, me, John Morley. This week on the programme, we look at offshore energy with Alan Berry, the Infrastructure Manager at the Marine Institute. If you want to get a comment into the programme, you can do it on our text and WhatsApp line. That's 86 Phone our reception on 09177 Email arsprotect at goibayfm.ie. If you want to get more information on this initiative by Commissioner Mon and the IBI, go on to arsprotect.ie where you can take the ecological footprint calculator and complete a very quick survey. All this plus lots, lots more coming up on Ars Protect. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Did I say I'm joined on Ars to Protect by Alan Berry of the Marine Institute, who is their research infrastructures manager. He looks after the Ocean Energy Research and Development Programme. Alan, good morning and thank you for joining us on Ars to Protect. Hi, good morning, John. Great to be here. Thank you for joining us. Uh, talk to us first about offshore energy. I know there's three types, Alan. Yeah, um, Offshore energy is is an important area that that Ireland is is taking the lead globally in, um, with the move to decarbonise our energy infrastructure, looking at renewable energy technologies instead of you know burning fossil fuels in in power stations and the likes of that. So, 
Ocean Energy, um, it, it's a broad spectrum of technologies, but essentially it, it involves taking the energy from the ocean, either through harnessing the power of the tides or harnessing the power of, of the waves out in the ocean, or even the uh, offshore wind regime, which is, is enormous um, all around the coasts. Mm. So maybe, if you like, I can tell you a little bit about how energy is extracted from the various methods. Yeah, please. Uh, I suppose the first one, uh, tidal energy, uh, involves um, extracting the, the power of the tide. So as the tides rise and fall, um, and as they're squeezed in between the, the coastline and offshore islands, they exert strong tidal currents. And there are now technologies that uh, underwater turbines, um, a bit like the old jet propellers, they can be very large, maybe of the order of uh, 150 tons, and you sit those on the seabed, and as the water flows by them, it spins the propeller, and that converts then into uh, electricity. Um, the other way, although not as as possible in Ireland, is harnessing the, the, the potential energy from the rise and fall of the tide, so the difference between a high water level and low water level and if you ever notice in, in Galway docks at low water, the docks are still full with high water. So if you're able to put a turbine in the dock gates, for instance, and let the water flow out of Galway docks down to the lower water, you'd have a flow of water which could turn propellers. A bit similar to the way Ardna Crusha Power Station in the Midlands is, where it uses the, the, the elevation of Loch Derg to flow water down through turbines in Ardna Crusha and down to Limerick. So it's a similar, similar analogy uh, to that method, but mm -hmm. we don't have enough area around the coast with such a, a difference that you can harness the high water level and let it flow out to, to low water level. You need large areas of, of water with a big tidal range. Yeah. But certainly the tidal turbines um, are, more, are more feasible and there's more areas around the coast um, where that can be um, installed. But perhaps the, one of the greatest resources that we have in Ireland is our wave resource. And as anyone who has been anywhere near the coast over the last couple of days has seen the power of the waves as they crash on the shore. Now, taking the energy from the waves, as I said, is a very harsh environment, is very difficult. And there's many different types of technologies that can be used to harness wave energy. Um, one of the first commercial wave farms will be built in Ireland in the coming years off the coast of West Clare. Um, a partnership between an Irish company called Simply Blue Group and ESB um, will provide enough power for about five megawatts of electrical energy to, to come onto the grid from renewable wave energy. Um, you might ask, you know, how much is five megawatts? Well, typically one megawatt will power maybe 500 homes, so five megawatts of power something of the order of two and a half thousand homes. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot, but it's a very good start with this first commercial wave energy farm in Ireland. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of Irish indigenous companies developing technologies to be able to harness the power from, from waves. Um, some have gone on to great success and are testing full-scale devices in the US and in, in uh, other places around Europe. Um, so that's a, a, an emerging uh, technology. Um, and probably the, the biggest resource we have and the most accessible one at the moment, given the current technologies, is offshore wind. 
And the government has ambitious targets to generate renewable energy from offshore wind. They're looking at uh, up to seven gigawatts, so which is a thousand times more energy than what I mentioned for the, for the wave farm off Clare. And that would produce enough electricity to satisfy a vast majority of the country's needs. And at the moment, plans are to develop offshore wind turbines down the east coast of Ireland in the Irish Sea and potentially along the southern coast as well. But a big opportunity, and many people may not be aware that off the west coast of Ireland there extends the continental shelf and it's maybe up to 200 metres deep, which is too deep for fixed offshore wind turbines. So the developers are now looking at developing floating wind turbines which can be anchored out at sea, a bit like the way you'd anchor a ship with just a chain and an anchor on the seabed. And because there's such an expanse of continental shelf off the west coast and the southwest coast, these floating turbines can be put tens of kilometres offshore, essentially over the horizon, just to generate electricity from the wind. And you often hear the argument that the wind doesn't blow all the time. But with the expanse off the west and south coast of Ireland, the wind will be blowing somewhere, mm. some of the, all of the time, uh, to be able to generate electricity. And with plan, the government have plans post 2030 um, to be able to, to produce about 30 gigawatts of offshore wind, which is more than the country can use. So it gives the potential then for Ireland to sell and export that electricity into the continental grid as well. Mm -hmm. So that even if we produce more than we use, we can, we can generate income for the, for the country from that as well. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, none of this comes without having some effect because anything you do out in the marine domain will affect either fish or the seabed, uh, the flora and the fauna, um, fishing activities, leisure users. So there's a lot of work being done at the moment looking at the appropriate assessment in the, in the marine domain, all the uh, effects and potential impacts that these technologies may have. Mm -hmm. And so the, a lot of that work is ongoing and will need to be um, um, scientifically rigorous and have the feed in from, from the public so they'll have opportunity to consult on it uh, to make sure that, that this resource has been harnessed in a, in a sustainable and an environmentally friendly way. Mm. And are there many Galway companies to the fore in this sector? Yeah, interestingly enough, um, I saw on the new local news um, this week that... Um, a, a partnership with the University of Galway and a company out in Unspidale, uh, Aero Composites, have um, developed and proven a new um, composite material tidal turbine blade, which um, will go on now to some of the commercial developers so that they can use um, this uh, to, to build tidal turbines. And there is um, a very promising other tidal energy developer based out in Limerick as well, um, who are developing commercial pilot scale farms around Europe. And we had a number of, of Irish developers testing small scale wave energy devices here in Galway Bay. Um, there's an ocean energy test site just off the coast of Onspidale, which we're in the process of getting um, um, re-consented and a new lease for testing a wider range of these ocean energy technologies. Um, and perhaps I might come in at another stage when we have that up and running and yeah. I can, I can uh, tell your listeners all about that. But there are a lot of um, indigenous Irish companies 
developing these technologies, testing them in, in um, testing tanks, essentially large swimming pools down in Cork, or testing here at a slightly larger scale in Galway Bay. And then there is also a, a, a full-scale test site being developed up in Belmullet in County Mayo um, for large full-scale devices uh, before then they go on to, to commercial deployment and, and generating real electricity onto the grids. So yeah, there, there's a lot of development um, of Irish companies in this space. And if people want to get more details on these offshore energy products, where is the best place for doing that? Uh, I suppose the... The lead um, government department for this is Department of Environment, Climate and Communications um, and there was a lot of information on their website. Um, uh, that's decc.gov.ie. Um, also, um, as I mentioned, there's, a lot, there's rounds of consultation ongoing at the moment for um, looking at developing offshore wind in the sea um, around the southern coasts. Um, and opportunity to um, make submissions and, and commentary on that. Uh, the Marine Institute also, we provide the scientific advice on, on the marine environment to our government department, Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine, and various other government departments as well. So we're always uh, open to um, providing more information and, and discussing um, those kind of matters as well. That We can be found at uh, marine.ie. We're based out in Oranmore here in County Galway. Brilliant. Well, Alan Berry of the Marine Institute, thank you for joining us on Irish to Protect. Thank you very much, John. My pleasure. And that is all from this week's edition of Irish to Protect. Join us next Thursday at half past 11 for more environmental programming. Irish to Protect, brought to you by Galway Bay FM, the IBI, and funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee. Check out irishtoprotect.ie for more info. Very good morning to you. We're coming towards the end of the programme and I'm joined by Paulie Jack in studio and he's heading off to mid-Wales, so he is, but he's going to play a bit of music for us uh, first. How's life with you? Good, good, yeah. You're making, making a few bob and keeping busy, yeah? Oh yeah, making sand and making a few bob. Making, <laughs> yeah, you, have, you have a new album? I have, I have. I'm working away on it, yeah, and it's all, it's almost there. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and you're just back from Tradfest in Dublin. Um, yeah, we had a great... Great show show in uh, the Pepper Canister Church there. Lovely which, location. Oh, it's lovely, yeah. 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 Lovely venue for, for a show as well, for a gig. And sold out? And so, sold out, yeah. Wow. And myself and Maeve Begley's band course as well now, wasn't it? Wow, wow. Yeah. What are you going to do for us that today? Then we'll have a little chatting. Um, what are you going to, what I'll are you play a song off my first album, uh, Making Sound, it's a song called Mini. So I'll keep, keep all the new stuff for till for, it comes out. Till you, yeah, and what, yeah. When do you reckon it'll be out? I, I'm thinking maybe April. April. I'm looking at April's a good month now, so it is. Yeah. In, in yeah. your own time. Yeah, thanks very much. Many ever lived her life out loud With her sunshades on, ever singing a song Many married to a middle-aged man Didn't marry for love She was happy enough, she said You who am I doing it right? I said many you who Are a fading light Many drives with a bright smile on, lets her curls hang down, they speak volumes of fun. But honest eyes complied in a light, she was incomplete, starting to die. And she said, uh oh, am I doing it right? I said, meaning you, you've 
gotta set things right And as we drank some wine And watched the sun go down In the back room Many said what she had to say Now her husband's gone He didn't touch her anyway Single mom reignites her spark Minnie's holding strong Her noose is gone And she said Woohoo, I can feel it again A new woman, she said Need not pretend anymore And like wide-eyed teens We set our spirits free her soft back skin And I wanted to tell her more But I never did And I wanted to give her more But I never did And I wanted to love her more Those fears, many scared me off It was a step too far I couldn't see what we had been Just a fling run thing But I had set the scene I said, I, I can't commit to this She said, after tonight We can just be friends And as the Galway sky Let the sun pass by in silence We drank our last red wine And watched the sun go down And said goodbye And Minnie's happy now She found love Somehow. Wow, 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 that's, that's nearly emotional. Nearly. <laughs> no, I mean, it is, you know, it's, uh, it's very close to you. Yeah, I think The so sentiment of it, I'll pull you in a little bit there. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. And the sentiment of it, it's, uh, it's lovely, well done to you. Thanks that's very from much. Your, that's, that's from, from the previous album. Previous yeah. album. Yeah. yeah. So we can only expect as good and better in the next album. I don't know. I think I've, I've, I was thinking recently. I, I was aiming for to make the new album at least as good if as the last one, if possible. And I, yeah. I think it might even be better. So good, good, I'm good. starting to get into PR mode now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to yeah. listen to me, Culture Ireland. Um, you're going abroad with them. Yeah, across yeah, the to, water to Mid Wales. Yeah, yeah. I've been been a few times now, and uh, Mid and North Wales even. Yeah, and um, I love going over there and. I, it's like it's like the Welsh Connemara, you know, yeah. as I see it. I, it's like around Snowdon and that area. And um, yeah, it's just the Welsh-speaking area of Wales. And it's kind of. And have you many gigs over there? Yeah, we're doing four. I think four gigs. Yeah, it's like Thursday to Sunday. Wow. Yeah, with the Welsh singer Minir Minir Gwilym, um, 
Yes, I haven't met her yet actually, but she's she does like she plays a lot over there and I'm doing one gig with another fellow, Gwilym Bowen Reese, who who came over to, to Galway and to, to Aaron last last summer. Wow. So we're playing on the Sunday night and playing with Gwilym, yeah. How, do, so do you sing Osgael again? He sings off us their Gaelic. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I do a few in English as well, because like I know people they'll have no they will have some English anyway, but they'll have no yeah. Irish. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I'll I'll keep it interesting to some some degree, you know. Um, and again, yeah, so it gives you a profile over there as well. It's all about building the profile, though, isn't it? I think so, yeah. It's hard work, though, I mean... It, yeah, it's hard work. I mean, like everything, like with music at all, I feel lucky to be able to do it at all, you know? Um, I mean, I'd be doing it anyway, but being able to go and play gigs is, I feel, you know, grateful that I can. But yeah, it's going over, um, I've been over three or four times. It's a long story about how I got connected with a fella, Mike uh, Llewellyn, over there. It was during covid um, I started doing online, we, we used to meet up on Zoom writing songs, mm. me and a few Irish and Welsh um, artists, including Maeve Begley actually. Um, but then he, th- this guy started doing a few gigs and he invited all us, all, us all over and then he he invited me over to a few gigs on my own as well. Wow. So that's kind of how it all... But from the day you were born there was music in your blood. Your father, yeah. Your father, um, PJ. Yeah. Barry, PJ. Yeah. Um, people know him as Barry Run, I know him as PJ Flaherty. Yeah. But he, he um, he's very talented and... I'm sure on the O'Malley side there's loads of yeah. As, as I see well. it, there's the my, my aunt, mom's sister is a well is a renowned oh. poet, I suppose Mary O'Malley, and yeah. so I feel that maybe get the the literary bit of the literary side from, from there. But but there's something in it because I was listening intently to that piece of music there, and there's down to the sun going down and the last glass of red wine. I mean, it's it's this you know that there is poetry in it. I guess so. Yeah, you're, you're I suppose you're trying to create like tell a story and with imagery and you know you, there's little tools. Mm. literary tools you can use I suppose to and come here to me just um, I have to stop saying that um, but come here to me <laughs> yeah, right. the, the, um, Galway the, it's real Galway how, yeah. are, you lo- how are you loving yeah. um, but in relation to Ireland then is Ireland good to you I mean yeah Tradfest but I mean do you get much around Galway City or the Iron Islands and that? I do yeah I've like I've been running my own one man show in Ireland for the last two summers I'm not sure if I do it this year now again or not maybe but yeah it's been great I, is it a big commitment it it is well the show yeah that was a now was a it was a early in the week so it was doable especially because it was a one man show mm-hmm. I felt it's only myself that I had to, to to make sure that I was there but yeah no generally it's been great things are really working I think with the last album making sand is mm-hmm. one of the singles really worked so it's 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 not you know I've um it's not uncommon for me now to go anywhere in Ireland and hear people might know making sand and yeah you know that song in particular yeah, you know because yeah, yeah. that did really I well and. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just keeping it going. I've a tour now in April and May and yeah, around Ireland, around Ireland, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. and g- and gigs in between, yeah, 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 and, and try to do a small bit of work as well, yeah, just a small bit, just a small just bit, yeah. just, just you know, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Congrats, you have a two-year-old yeah. you're sent thank, uh, thank you, yeah. Ayla, yeah, yeah, that'll keep you, that'll keep you, no, it will, it will. No, she's the best girlies, but yeah, she's. I don't know. Yeah, you've, you, they say when you're going to become a parent, you know, you won't get any sleep and everything. But they don't say how how great, you know, how happy things will be. You know, you'll be and how great things are. So myself yeah. and Kira, now we're 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 all the whole family. We're all. She's just the centre of. Do you bring her to TJ and Grace? Oh, I do. Sure, she's another. And if she's not, they're like videos and photos every day. You know. And, so yeah, we'll be out at the weekend now. And before we go, looking forward to hearing Paul Jack in Gort Town Hall Theatre on the twenty third of March. So oh yeah, they're all looking yeah, for that. Yeah. that yeah. Um, website address? Uh, Parikjack.com. B-A-D-R-E-I-G. and Anthony Thistlethwaite as well, former saw doctor, former water boy and current saw doctor will be playing well, that show with me, and as well as a few other shows as well. So, yeah.
Morning, Jack. It's always great to have you, and you're more than welcome to call in any time. Thank and you very much. Porrick, Joyce is a regular here, so you can become a regular. Yeah, well, yeah. So can, uh, lovely to have you. Congratulations yourself, and best of luck on your I will be talking yeah. to you before that. Yeah, so yeah. Give me regards and a big hug to Grace and indeed PJ, please, if you don't mind. They're lovely people, and just, just the salt of the earth, I have to say. Porrick, Jack, thank you indeed for joining us uh, today. Tomorrow morning, we're coming to you from Molya tomorrow morning so we're looking forward to being down there we're going to be uh, with the team in Molya we're going to be there between 9 o'clock and uh, 12 o'clock do join us then and don't forget it's a bank holiday weekend too by the way it's a lot going on so uh, we're not with you on Monday morning back with you on Tuesday morning but if you want to get something on the programme for Tuesday morning just email John on comments at goldbergbfm.ie John Morley produced uh, Siobhan took your comments Quivis uh, is from US3D Keith Winning until tomorrow just after 9 from Molya enjoy the rest of your day bye bye